I'm very disappointed in you. You steal the secret of life and death, and here you are, trysting with the bubble-headed co-ed. You're not even a second-rate scientist. Oh, Mr. West, I'm actually glad to see you. It saves me the trouble of having to send for you. You'll never get credit for my discovery. Who's going to believe a talking head? Get a job in a sideshow. Listening to the Buzz Kill Podcast. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. It is episode 45. Welcome to the Buzzkill Podcast, where when you're here, injecting each other with a special serum means something totally different. What the <laughs> hell podcast are you on? Uh, I'm Mike. I'm Jim. And I'm Justin. That was funny. <laughs> You're a funny guy, Mike. Yeah. Hey, what's, what's you been can't going win on? Them all. What's been going on? <laughs> Not a whole lot. How are you? Uh, good. Jay? Yeah. Jay, what do you Same old, same old. Cool. Same old. I've been gaming a little bit. You've been gaming? Well, I did yeah. that last week too for like the I've, first time in a year. Not not the same way that like you game or I think me and Jay are the same. Like we'll just pull out an old an old classic that we both love and just kill people for no reason. Cuban. <laughs> well, I, I started. I, I I got out GTA Five. Oh, nice. I didn't get it out. It's been sitting in my Xbox for like the past year because basically every time I turn my Xbox on, I just feel like driving around shooting people. I mean, is there anything? I, to I started finding all the stunt jumps and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I thought it was kind of fun because I, yeah. I I beat the game and didn't really do a lot of those like little side side jobs and stuff like that. So I decided to. Uh, Get on there and do some of that. That noise that you're hearing is yeah. is Jay. His wrist was on the. Oh, I'm like, what? And like, it's a, you know what it sounded like? It sounded like that it's really low. No, it sounded like that really low growl when the T Rex is approaching the car in Jurassic Park. Or when the and devil like the, breaks into your house. Mm. Oh, that's that too. Check it out. I, I, got, I got the mark of the Trinity right on the arm here. You I do? noticed today. I got do? three scratches from nothing, perfectly claw length apart. That's weird. That's creepy. Yeah. Or it's just. You got scratched by something, and it's not weird or creepy. It, maybe it was by a, a cougar. Speak, <laughs> a mountain speak, lion. Oh, Speaking yeah. of mountain lions, the DNR finally admitted that there's cougars in Michigan, in the Lower Peninsula. Which haven't we known that for ever? Yeah, we have. But the DNR, a bunch of fucks who just wouldn't admit they're, it. They're just old school. We don't like wanna... people. Like my 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 boss actually, he has uh, his buddy has property uh, and lives up in Oscoda. Mm-hmm. They have pictures of cougars. Like like they'll wake up in the morning. And he'll get a phone call, and uh, it'll be the neighbor. Like, dude, look out the window, and there'll be like a mountain lion sleeping on his back porch. Really? Oh yeah. Like they're they're they're. It's not. It's it's still rare when it does happen, but they've like everyone up there knows that they're there. Mountain lions are spooky though, because they they are one of the big cats that's well known to like specifically stalk people. Well, sure, yeah. Which is creepy as hell. Well, we're we are on their land. Yeah. Well. Um. Yeah, I haven't had much going on. I'm getting ready to go to Vegas tomorrow, Woo-hoo. actually. <laughs> I have yet to pack. The Vegas, so. baby. What are you doing in Vegas, Jim? Uh, going for our buddy's bachelor party. It's going to be a you know just a four day long debauch. Just gonna just gonna f some s's and f some, what is effing s's? Fuck oh, f- <laughs> <laughs> that's what you do in Vegas, right? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I'm gonna. I'll probably get kicked out of every place that we go because I. We'll be wearing cut-off jean shorts. 
There's nice. a there's a dress code. Are, are they going to be thigh high? There's a dress code shorts? everywhere you go, and it says no, definitely no cut off jean shorts, and that's all I'm going to wear. So they can they can just deal your, with your, it. Your emphasis again was just great. <laughs> cut off jean shorts. <laughs> <laughs> are they going to be thigh length though? Yeah, well, duh. Yeah. No, I'm not talking like 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 above the knee. I'm talking no, like, like the pocket will be hanging yes. out of the bottom. Yeah, it's the best way to do it. Yeah, I'm going to look good. So um, you guys been watching anything this week? Uh, just the just the stuff that we've been watching for the week. What about you? Did you watch the new Oat Studio? I short? did. I did. I completely forgot to it watch was it. Awesome. It's called Firebase. Yeah. Uh, and it's uh, it's 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 uh, it's a cross between like Apocalypse Now and like Terminator, maybe. I don't, no, not Terminator. No, it's like a, I don't know. It's it's a it's a sci-fi thing that takes place in in a in wartime, like mm-hmm. back in the seventies. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's, it's just fucking cool. Like it's just it's just really cool. I don't know how I don't know how to describe it. It's a really weird if you, short. If you don't know what Oat Studio is, it's the we've been talking about Neil, it for the past. Neil Bloomkamp's. Yeah, Neil, Neil Bloomkamp's uh, studio that's putting out shorts now. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, yeah. You, you told me about it earlier. You told me that it came out earlier, and then I meant to. I've just been my head's been going crazy getting it's ready about for Vegas this creature. And stuff, so. Yeah, it's called uh, it's called Firebase. It's about this creature that showed up in this like village and like killed everybody. But it's like they they, they think it's, they think that it's the devil. Um, however, it like sucks like the the flesh off of the people and makes its body. It's really fucking weird. I don't that know. Is, that it's is a, a sign that you're dealing with the devil. <laughs> it's yeah. a really bad description, but uh, it's awesome. And uh, so, yeah, this is the second of four short films. Where can people find all of these shorts? Uh, I believe on the YouTube.com. Is that where you're watching them? Yeah. On, like, the Bloomhouse? Uh... No, on the, on, the, on the Oat Studios. Oh, Oat Studio. Okay, yeah. yeah. Right yeah. on. Cool, cool. Well, I, uh, um, I watched a, uh, another movie. Yeah, what'd you watch? I watched this movie called Body Melt. Mmm. <laughs> Body melt. I've, no, I've seen parts of Have it. I've really? never seen the entire Aus- the thing. The Australian one? Yeah. Oh my god. Fucking Aussie cinema, man. I think I actually I went on uh Beyond the Void talked about it a long time ago. Oh my god. Cuz uh Alex is like a big gore hound. He loves the the gore stuff. So, yeah. uh, Aussie cinema from the 80s, like back when they were like just starting to get like a a film presence, mm-hmm. I guess in the country. Some of the weirdest fucking movies came out of there. Like Bad Taste, for example, Peter Jackson's first one. Well, that's uh, New Zealand. New Zealand. Okay, fine. That that area of the world. Get your though. Shit Shut together, up. Michael. Shut up. Um, <laughs> so fucking weird and so bizarre and so, like it's, it's just melting bodies. It's 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 about uh, it's about this uh, cul-de-sac and they this chemical company. Uh, is putting out a new vitamin and they're testing it on certain people in this cul-de-sac and mm-hmm. the byproduct of it is that your body melts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just fucking weird. Yeah. Um, like I said, I've seen, I've, I've never seen the entire thing. I just looked up like a few scenes on YouTube. I was thor- thoroughly satisfied with everything that I saw. I've never gone out of my way to see the whole thing, which I yeah, probably should have by now. buddy of mine picked it up for me a while back and I finally put it in. So, nice. Uh, yeah, body melt. If you're in for some schlocky... Australian goodness. <laughs> Highly recommend. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, as always on the show, we are drinking some beers today. Yes, well, we are. Well, what are we talking about first? Well, I always see. I, I always talk about what we're talking about when I introduce by the beers, means, Michael. By all means. So, <laughs> rude. Rookie over here. Uh, so today we're talking about the Reanimator series. Yeah. The the trilogy of Reanimator movies. Spanning from 1985 to 2003. Yes. Interesting. Uh, and so Michael from uh, Left Hand Brewery 
Left Hand Brewing Company, he found Wake Up Dead. Wake Up Dead. Wake Up Dead Imperial Stout, which is, I mean, that pretty much... That pretty much sums up Reanimator. If you've never seen the Reanimator movies, basically someone dies, they inject a serum into their the the top of their the base of their spinal column, and then they come back to life, but they're still dead. Or if you've ever gone to the source material. Or yes, a Lovecraft. H.P. Lovecraft. Yes. Herbert, uh, Herbert West. Herbert West Reanimator. Uh, which is one of my. It's the, I think that might have been my first H.P. Lovecraft story that I ever read, and I mm-hmm. really I love that story. Uh, so this is Wake Up Dead Imperial Stout from Left Hand Brewing Company in Longmont, Colorado. Have we've done a left hand before, haven't we? I think so. I think we did. Yeah. I mean, I did. I did a left hand earlier today, <laughs> but that, that was a completely different story. Right for me. Uh, brewed on the banks of the <laughs> <laughs> brewed on the banks of the mighty Saint Vrain. Good morning. You've woken up dead. You're in ruins, but don't be discouraged. Here's a black ale to brighten your day. Wake Up Dead lurks in our cellars for over four months before being unleashed. Hints of raisins, black licorice, coffee, and dark chocolate are followed by earthy herbal hop notes. Any apprehensions about the rest of your day are quickly forgotten for whatever the mind expects, it finds. 10.2% by volume, Michael. Oh, Jesus Christ. I didn't realize I was so <laughs> I got to wake up early tomorrow, you know. Well, this is why we're just splitting some bottles. This says you can cellar this for up to seven years. Yeah. Wow. It's a stout, man. Ingredients, Rocky Mountain water, malted barley, flaked oats, hops, and yeast. I thought you were going to say Rocky Mountain oysters. I'm like, wow. <laughs> oh, oh, I bet you there's got to be a, a beer out there that's uh, like steeped with Rocky Mountain oysters. Just teabag. If you don't know Rocky Mountain, <laughs> they're just dipping cow balls into the, into the vat. This is second week in a row we've made a teabagging joke. I just want to point that out. Yours didn't make sense last week because we were talking about getting a, a, a bug out of Justin's ear. And you talked about what, where? Why would teabagging like moth, come into this? Mothballing. Oh, mothballing. Oh, you're talking yeah. about dipping his, di- dipping the balls into his ear. Yes. <laughs> moth, did you ever smell mothballs before? Yeah. How'd you get your head between their tiny little legs? <laughs> 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 Boom! Gotcha. That's the second week in a row for a really solid dad joke too. Um, all right. Well, I'm gonna pour this up. Why don't you guys? Uh, why don't you guys talk about some cool stuff? So uh, what we got going on? Uh, today cool, for uh, cool stuff. You know, ma- ma- maybe uh, do- are we doing uh, anything today during this? Why are we in the microphone? Oh, we're doing a podcast. Uh, what uh, what's our topic for today, Michael? Uh, let's, uh, let's, let's talk about it a little bit. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> you guys uh, are really awesome at this. <laughs> you, know, really you, you know what you should have done was your uh, your your soft voice things that always make oh, me laugh. My, my soft voice. Yeah, you guys don't. The listeners don't know what that means. So hi, Justin. How are you today? I'm doing nope, I'm done pouring. Michael, I'm done pouring. So it doesn't matter. Fantastic. Okay, I'm done pouring. Let's go. You this is very right? dark. Yeah, Look at that. This beer is really dark. Will you guys stop? This is annoying now. <laughs> <laughs> it smells like coffee. Oh, smooth. Ooh, it does smell like coffee. Oh, smooth. This might be coffee. a one glasser tonight, I guess. It smells like what? Might be a one glasser tonight. Mm, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, John. Cheers, boys. Mmm, tastes like coffee. It really does. Mm-hmm. And raisins and black licorice. With subtle hop notes on the finish, I'm just getting that off the bottle. I don't taste any of that. <laughs> it's, it's actually I just smooth. I just taste it's, coffee. It's surprisingly it's, it's smooth really good, with a yeah. lot of complex flavors, so not mm. to sound too like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> it's got subtle hints of uh, raisins and <laughs> peanuts, buttholes and <laughs> corn. <laughs> oh God! All right. So anyway, uh, 
on occasion we say stupid things, and uh, we, we should probably... We said a lot of them last week. Yeah, so yep. here we go. Stupid! You're so stupid! Take it away, Michael. All right, uh, Brewery Vivant has a uh, red called Big Red Cock, mm-hmm. and I didn't know how to spell cock. C-O-Q. That's it. Oh, shit. Oh, you said like C-O-C-Q-E yeah, or something yeah, like that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, all right. I, I got called out by uh, Vito on this one. Uh, apparently, I got some. My, I, I got my Godzilla mythos wrong. Oh, oh I know. How dare now, you? Now, Vito took it upon himself. <clears throat> I tried this one year, and I only made it through, I think, the first 12 or 13 movies. Mm-hmm. Vito watched every single Godzilla movie. In a row. There's like 30. For the, for the month of October. Isn't there like 30? Yeah. Is there 30? I think it was the month of October. But yeah, there's uh-huh. 30. Yeah. He's going to correct you. 31. He's like going to correct you again. <laughs> yes, he will. Uh, so he's actually way more into Godzilla than I am. And, and I love it. But I had said that uh, King Ghidorah was known as Ghidra first and then the name changed. It's not accurate. Uh, King, King Ghidorah has always been King Ghidorah in Japan. Okay. For whatever reason, whenever the, the Godzilla movies were released in the US, they uh-huh. would change the titles. Oh, uh, like Godzilla! Godzilla raids again is the second movie. Yeah, that's called like something the fire breathing monster in America. It's not even called Godzilla. Oh, uh, yeah, it's 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 really weird. So Ghidra uh, was just the American name that they gave it that they gave the monster for the U.S. release. That makes no sense. Yeah, and then I, I, like, what's the point in changing it? I don't really get it. Because because Americans are stupid. I oh, I, guess, I mean, I mean, I guess <laughs> if you you technically considered Godzilla was Gojira. Yeah. You know, G O J I R A. Sure. So sure. it's yeah. Um so yeah, so so uh in the US he was re- it was retitled Ghidra the three-headed monster as opposed to Ghidorah the three-headed monster. Uh, and that was the fifth Godzilla movie. Uh it took until 1991 Godzilla versus King Ghidorah uh to use his proper name in, in the United States. Oh, okay. So that's that's where I was wrong on that. Right on. Uh, Scream Factory's The Thing, You Were Correct, was released in October of 2016. It was within a year. Oh, nice. Uh, at the, uh, you were talking about why. So, so it wasn't really, uh, that's not really a you correction. Said it, well, you said, it was, a, you said it was within a year. I said it was way further back. Oh. I thought, I thought it was a couple years ago. <laughs> Fuck you, Mike. I know. Um, we were talking about wasps, and mm-hmm. you were talking about their anatomy. Yeah. And you said they have a tiny little thorax. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a thorax. Oh, what is that's it? That's a waist. That connects their abdomen <laughs> to their thorax. Oh, okay. Oh, so they've got like a nice little hourglass <laughs> figure. <laughs> they do. They do. They're the models of the insect world. You said they are the barbells of. Whoa, <laughs> that was a bad one. Bar- barbells. <laughs> barbells. Um, and then also the <clears throat> guy from the Bone Collector that I couldn't think of his name. Yeah. The character actor. His name is Leland Orser. Okay. That's all I got. Would, uh, what else do you know him from? Do you know? He's he's been in a ton of stuff. The Bone Collector is where I always go back to. Because I fucking love that movie. He's been in, in, in a ton, ton, ton of stuff. Is the Bone Collector the one with Angelina Jolie? Yes, yes. And, and uh, 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 Morgan Freeman? No, uh, Denzel. Oh, is it? Den- oh, it is Denzel, Denzel Washington. Yeah. Morgan Freeman would not have been right for that role. No, probably not. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. All right. Uh, so is that it? What about uh, Wesley Snipes? Could he have been in it? Yes, Wesley. Wesley Snipes <laughs> would have done a fine job. <laughs> That's uh, oh Leland Orser okay yeah I just you know like, yeah. yeah his oh, name yeah, is dude. not familiar he, oh. but you know him by face he's yeah, in everything he's he's literally in everything yes yeah <laughs> um so is that it that's it okay. I think that brings us to the news my friends yes sir it's time for the bleed feed. It's time for the bleed feed, folks. And old Salisbury Joe's phoning this one in, you chuckleheads. 
because my last two paychecks bounced. <laughs> Salisbury Joe needs to get a different job, man. Shut your sauce box. Ooh, I'm saucy. Take it away, Charlie. Whoa. Uh, okay, so <laughs> this week we got some news. Uh, this one's not so much horror, but it uh, it's it's in the realm, and I like the guy. So, uh, Troy Duffy. You know who Troy Duffy is? Yes. Director of Boondock Saints. Oh, oh, God, he's such a cockass. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> Troy Duffy is returning to the director's seat with a new movie called The Blood Spoon Council. Don't. <laughs> I don't know why anybody will work with this I guy. Don't if you, get it. I don't but know. J- just real quick, just a real quick offshoot. <laughs> if you have, if you have um, Boondock Saints on DVD or Blu-ray, or whatever, whatever, and you haven't watched the documentary, that's not on the that's not on the movie. Oh, it's not. Oh, no, it's just on no. YouTube, right? You, why, that, why would that? Why would he put that documentary on? The oh movie? yeah, I don't. I don't know why. <laughs> I guess you wouldn't. It's on YouTube. I think it's on YouTube. Yeah. Look, just try to find this thing. Just type you. I forget what the name of it is, but just just Google it. You'll find it. It's it's this like documentary that was put together about Troy Duffy and what an absolute cock he is. Yep. Like he, when he wrote Boondock Saints, it was like the first thing he had ever written. And it was the <laughs> I'm first... looking it up and I typed in Trot Diffy. <laughs> Trot Diffy. <laughs> so type in Trot Diffy and you should get it. But no, he's just like, he literally thought that he was the, he, the, the greatest, greatest thing. thing that happened to Hollywood since Martin Scorsese. It's so. called, uh, it's called Overnight. Overnight. Yep. Uh, yeah. Overnight documentary. It's on YouTube. Yep. Yeah, watch it and then uh, and he's then just a, a giant douchebag. Yeah. Like just. <laughs> but anyway, why don't you tell us about this uh, piece of shit? So movie the, the Bloodspoon Council. It's a film that follows a vigilante group known as the Bloodspoon Council who are hunting down and executing serial killers in the U.S. The FBI commissions a young okay, rogue so, so profile. It's, so, it, so it's I, Boondock Saints. <laughs> mixed with Dexter. Yeah, kind of. Real original, Troy. Uh, The FBI commissions a young rogue profiler to get into the head of the group's elusive leader, but their investigation is derailed when the WizKid engage in a secret game of cat and mouse with a mastermind the likes of which he's never seen. And apparently all the the serial killings are based on real serial killings and real murders. So there's that, but I don't mean to be such a dick about it. I'll give it a I'll give it a shot. Uh, no, I just I, think yeah, Troy I Duffy like is a Boondock Saints pilot and, garbage. and Boondock Saints too. Well, <laughs> it's just a Troy Duffy, like you said, is a piece of garbage. Like, yeah. he's, a, he's a piece of shit. Like <laughs> maybe he's evened out in the last few years. Uh, Who knows? I, yeah, maybe I don't, yeah, know, I don't know. But um, okay, so we've talked about this in the past. But we got a little bit more news. Sci-Fi Channel has ordered a pilot for the new Tremors TV series starring Kevin Bacon. Nice. Produced by Blumhouse. Boom. Nice. Everything about that is good. I heard that. Uh, is this part? Are you, do you have a synopsis for it? Uh, I do. Uh, the killer graboid worms that nearly destroyed the small town of Perfection, Nevada, 25 years ago, are back, and the town's only hope for survival is Valentine McKee mm-hmm. Bacon, uh, who beat them once. By, <laughs> bacon, <laughs> who beat them once, uh, but to do it again, he'll have to overcome age, alcohol, and a delusional hero complex. Bacon. Bacon. <laughs> so it sounds like uh, he thinks that he's the greatest thing because he saved the city once, and he's now like the town drunk. Yeah, <laughs> and needs to do it again. There's a why does that that reminds me of something else that I just watched recently, where there was a guy who was like a big shot at one point in time, and now he's just a lousy drunk. What the hell was it? I don't know. Rocky. I'm just thinking out loud. This is dumb. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So uh, this is when uh, Kevin Bacon has said that this is the only character he's ever played that he's like super interested to go back 25 years later oh yeah just to see where valentine mckee is like he it's just fun to him oh yeah like so he's totally into it he's producing that he's producing it as well so well, he can do whatever he wants i now. don't it's... see sci-fi not picking up a kevin bacon show yeah 
like it's it's sci-fi okay you don't get top tier stars like that every day right well especially so, with the success of uh, uh the following the following yeah yeah yep and that that tapered off because the writing wasn't there yeah but that first season was right fucking there was amazing it second had season was really following. good too yeah. <laughs> um okay what else we got um, uh here i got one. Oh, i got up? one for you uh john masari who was the composer of the Killer Clowns from Outer Space? Oh, that's synth goodness. Uh, yeah, just this. Yeah, I mean, if you remember it, it's it's amazing. Just an awesome '80s synthy masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Well, when he wrote it, he always had uh, classical music in mind. Like he wrote it with classical music influences. So mm-hmm. he wants to go back and do a quote-unquote reawakening of. Of the score, <clears throat> along with uh, Bear McCreary, who is amazing. Yeah, he does. He does the stuff for most people would know him from Walking Dead, Walking but he Dead. also does all of Adam Green's. He does Joe Lynch's stuff. I think he's worked with Green. Don't quote me on that. Oh, he does all the stuff for Holliston. Does he? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I think I, I'm pretty sure he works on almost all of Adam Green's stuff. I don't think so. This will be a correction for next week. Yeah. I don't think he does, but uh, um, well, I'm I'm way behind on the uh, on the the uh, movie crypt yeah podcast and like early early on in early episodes he talks a lot about Bear McCreary Fair. and how you know this is a guy who's really got it made and for some reason he just keeps working with these small time <laughs> guys which is really cool but they're just such good friends you know yeah uh, so along with Bear McCreary and the punk band the Dickies. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want to reawaken the score with a full orchestra and film the whole thing, basically. So um, I have a, I have kind of a long quote here, but it's got a lot of good information, so I'm going to read it to you. Okay. Uh, in ni- this is coming straight from John Masari. <clears throat> in 1988, the Chiodo brothers unleashed killer clowns from outer space onto the world. I was selected to compose the music score for this amazing film. My original synthesizers exploded the soundtrack with a kaleidoscope of colors and textures. However, the creative soul and inspiration living in this epic score was born from the heart of classical music. It is my desire to reawaken the heart and soul of this iconic film score, adding a fresh dimension by utilizing the powerful majesty of a full classical orchestra featuring Hollywood's finest musicians. I invite you to join uh, me personally in this amazing artistic process. You will stand with me during each recording session, either virtually from anywhere in the world or live in person. See the legendary punk rock band The Dickies perform their latest version of the Killer Clowns theme song live in the recording studio. Watch the brilliant film and television composer of The Walking Dead and Outlander, Bear McCreary, play his rare collection of musical instruments for select tracks of the Killer Clowns music score. Be there with me as I conduct the orchestra playing my totally new compositions, including a six-minute version of the Killer Clowns March. Now, they're doing this via VR, aren't they? Oh, is that what it there's is? A, there's a video that I watched actually earlier today. It was the uh, the Indiegogo campaign. Yeah, that yeah this. that quote that I just the quote that I just gave was basically like they, the Indiegogo pitch. Yeah, the, they um, it look what it looked like for me from the video is that you're gonna be they're gonna have cameras set up all around the studio, and so if you have VR, you can put on your VR headset and literally be in the room with them while they're recording. That's a really cool. That's idea. fucking awesome. Yeah, that's, like, that's awesome. a really awesome implementation of that technology too. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, just to avoid a correction because I, I was able to look it up real quick okay bear mccurry has done all of joe lynch's stuff started yeah. on on uh, wrong turn two and he's on all of lynch's stuff okay he came into adam green's life on chillerama when they did that uh the, the, the anthology, anthology yeah and then did holliston and then did digging up the marrow so digging okay. up the marrow is the only full-length green uh show that he's done okay cool again. but but yeah no he's yeah 
Yeah. Um, so that's all I've got for that one. What else okay, so uh, we have uh, a new movie involving the Predator coming up entitled The Predator. And uh, Jake Busey has been cast. Yeah. That's old news. However, the new news is that Jake Busey is playing Gary Busey's son from the original Predator. Oh, cool. So they're connecting the, the dots there. It's, that's going to be cool <clears throat> for Jake Busey, too, to, to, to kind of reprise the role that his dad made famous. Yeah, in, yeah. In the Predator. Yeah, absolutely. Or in Predator. Predator. Um, <laughs> so that was, that was just really cool. Uh, last thing that I have is that Ted Raimi brother of Sam Raimi, mm-hmm. uh, Evil Dead Darling, uh, is going to be directing his very first... Yes, yes. Evil, yeah, I, just, I pictured it not not as not as Evil Dead... Uh, he's the Evil Dead Darling. I just pictured you suddenly like saying it like, it's Evil Dead Darling. Evil Dead Darling. Yeah. Um, so Ted Raimi is to direct his very first feature entitled The Seventh Floor. It's yeah. a psychological thriller slash horror. Nice. And he quotes... Uh, he was quoted by saying that uh, you take movies uh, like Argento movies and uh, you know stuff like that, and how how just um, like ten minutes of dialogue can be completely entrancing, and that's what he's going for, like oh, that cool. kind of like psychological, deep seated stuff. Right, so, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty excited to check that out. Cool. Uh, the last thing that we're going to talk about, something very exciting. Very excited. Uh, the trailer for Cult of Chucky has dropped. Yes, it has. And I actually, <laughs> I was. I was going through, I was, you know, looking at the news, and I saw, oh, man, the trailer for Cult of Chucky is out, and then I watched it, and then I, I can go down about three more Red stories. Band. Red Band trailer. <laughs> I was like, shit. I so, didn't think that the Red Band trailer was that much different, though. Uh, you saw you saw a few more, like, gore scenes and stuff, like some of the kill scenes and stuff like that, but other than that, it was yeah. pretty much the same. It was sort of, yeah, a little extended, but... And, like, little, just little bits that you missed out in the, uh, it, like... There's a scene where a girl is carrying him across the courtyard and he looks up at somebody in the window. Mm-hmm. And in the, the regular trailer, the first one I watched, I was like, I think he's going to flip somebody off up there. And then it cuts. And then it cuts. And then in the red band trailer, he flips somebody yep. off. I yep. was like, yes. It's weird, too. Like, they're really, starting with Curse, the last movie, mm-hmm. they're really trying to bring the horror back into this because yeah. it feels like it's scary again. Like, it feels right. like it's a scary version of Chucky yeah. as opposed to the comedic version that we've gotten for those you know uh bride seed and um well to me bride and seed really to me the first movie was really the only one that was scary uh yeah Uh, two two was kind of scary but it it started to get a little more into the the funny campy stuff yeah like the the trashy slasher yeah (laughs) three definitely got into the the when they were at the uh military school Mm -hmm. and then after that it was just kind of once Jennifer Tilly came into the picture, it was more comedy, I think, than it was anything else. It was yeah. it was your your studio fun slasher flick, right? And I and I loved which, well, yeah, which I don't have any pro- I, I, I don't him, have any but... problem with. I loved I loved all of the Chucky movies. Really, uh, the doll himself looks the same as he did in Curse. He actually looks a little bit better in this one, I think. Yeah, not as CG. Yeah, he's he's still (laughs) uh, so we did see shots of uh, uh, an animatronic puppet, but it was without a head in that one in that one screen cap that we saw. Yep, it 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 looks like it looks like maybe he is it's an animatronic puppet, and then they just did a CG head, which we kind of thought they were gonna do. Yeah, but it looks decent though. It looks decent. It doesn't look as good as the old ones still. No, there's nothing nothing can compare to how scary because. It's a doll. It's plastic, mm-hmm. you know. Like, it, it, so to have him look the way he looked in the original trilogy, where it's actually a you know a plastic or silicone animatronic yeah. doll, that's way creepier and and way more 
realistic in a way. I I also wonder how much um, Chucky's going to talk in this movie. The trailer did not show him talking all that much. There's a couple little little lines oh, here and there. No, he'll talk a lot. You think you think he will? Yeah. Okay. Just because they didn't show it in the trailer. I mean, that's true. Uh, what's what's the other? What's it, damn it. What's the? Uh, Oh, like think think about uh, the new It trailer. Oh, he doesn't yeah. talk once. That's true. You know, yeah, but you know he's going to. Right. That's true. Yeah, it's not like they're you've got yeah. Brad Dourif back in the role again. You're not gonna. He's gonna do his Fiona thing. Fiona Dourif is also back. Fiona Dourif as uh, Nika, who mm-hmm. is in uh, Curse of Chucky, mm-hmm. who is pretty much the only survivor. She's, she's in the Curse one that's Chucky. in like the mental hospital now. Right. It starts off with them kind of like this, you know, silver fox doctor kind of talking to her about how everything that you experienced was all just in your head, and it's like, dude, fuck off. There, yeah. was, a, there was a doll killing people. I don't under so. Was Curse of Chucky? Curse, yeah, Curse of Chucky was canon with the rest of the. Oh sure. So they should know by now that there actually was a murderous doll running around. You would think. Why is he trying to convince her that it was all in her head? You would also think that people would believe that Jason exists or Freddy exists. Or... Yeah. <laughs> Man, there pe- wouldn't be much of a movie if people just believed in it. People in movies are stupid. Yeah. Well. What are you gonna do? <laughs> anyway, I'm extremely excited about I it. I am I'm, too, I'm and really... that uh, that comes out on Blu-ray on October third. How do you feel about the? Are you kind of bummed out that it's not getting getting any kind of theatrical? Uh, neither, did, neither did Curse, and and honestly, no. Yeah, that's true. I... Because if they, I, I feel like if they had intended on doing a theatrical, it would just bomb, and then there'd never be another one made. Right. I feel as though it's going to live better on straight to Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Like it's just kind of where the audience Plus, is now. Like we've talked about this before, it's not really a death sentence anymore when you go no. straight to video. No, it's not actually at all. it actually can, like you said, it kind of can give. Uh, I mean, it can give series or franchises an extended life. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of series will go to VOD before they even come out in theaters. Right. Even movies that have theatrical runs, they'll come out on VOD first because that's where the money is. Mm-hmm. So and people just don't people don't go out to the movies the way they used to. It's people can't it's afford to. So damn expensive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So but, anyway, um, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much all we got for the news. Cult of Chucky, October third. That was the bleed feed, and those were the stories that made the cut. Boom! That was the news. All right, uh, let's take a break and come back and talk about some reanimation. 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 And throughout this, they'll see faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. All right, we are talking about the Reanimator series this week, and uh, if you haven't heard of it, it's a little trilogy, starting in 1985 with Reanimator, uh, based off of the H.P. Lovecraft uh, story, H- or H.P. <laughs> <laughs> Herbert West Reanimator. Now it's it's actually kind of loosely based on that. Very have, loosely. Have you ever read the story? Uh, I, I haven't read the entire story. I know about it. I haven't. I've, I have yet to actually read. It. I should have for the episode. I know. <laughs> you son of a bitch. I know. There's actually a really cool. Um, if you look it up on on YouTube, because I know not everybody has time to like sit down and read a story. But every, a guy that reads it. Well, it's like an hour and a half long, and he reads the whole short story. Well, there's actually there's actually uh, I'll, I'll I'll one up you. Oh. There's one on YouTube that you can find. It's uh, Herbert West Reanimator read by. The Jeffrey Combs. 
Really? Jeffrey Combs, who plays Herbert West in the movies. Oh, shit. I'm yeah, going to probably listen to that tonight, then. You should, man. It's it's really cool. That's really cool. Um, so, like I said, it's uh, it's starring Jeffrey Com- Combs. As <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey Combs. <laughs> as Herbert West. Bruce Abbott as Dan Kane. Barbara Crampton, who uh, she, pl- she plays Megan Halsey. She's been getting a ton of work lately. Actually, oh yeah, um, we and are st- we are still here. She was the mom, and we are still oh, here. God, you're right. Uh, she was the mom, and you're next. She was one of the three ladies in Lords of Salem, like the three. Yeah. Was she really? Mm-hmm. She's in the upcoming Death House, which people are calling the uh, Expendables of of horror. Damn. I think that the people involved with Death House don't actually like that title. <laughs> but, <laughs> Uh, she was, and she's also in the upcoming uh, Puppet Master, The Littlest Reich. Wow! So she's like, yeah, she's, she's around. She's horror royalty. Yeah. Uh, David Gale as Doctor Carl Hill and Robert Sampson as Dean Halsey, aka the best character in the movie. <laughs> Doctor Hill. <laughs> I love He's, Dr. That Hill. character's not even in, in the story. Um, so, a brief synopsis: A dedicated student at a medical college and his girlfriend become involved in bizarre experiments centering centering around the reanimation of dead tissue. When an odd new student arrives on campus. What do you think, Michael? Uh, I think this movie is probably one of the greatest horror movies ever made. <laughs> I, I'm not kidding you either. Uh, e- the Evil Dead series is, more specifically Evil Dead 2, is is on the top of my list. It's my yeah. favorite horror movies probably ever made. Reanimator's in the top three. It's so good. It's, <clears throat> it's one of those movies that I... I'll forget about it from time to time mm-hmm. because it just you know when you think of when you think of the big the the big horror movies you know Evil Dead Freddy Jason Chucky Hellraiser you know you you have your big ones and and for whatever reason Herbert West is not one of those iconic horror guys right for whatever reason <clears throat> in some circles he is I'm sure but like in the in the in the mythos of of horror movies he's not and I, and I'll forget about it sometimes then I'll rewatch it and I'm like this movie's fucking brilliant yeah, it's really good. so good uh and the fact that Stuart gordon uh, directed by Stuart gordon uh-huh. the fact that he had never made a horror movie before at this point oh really like it, it's, just, it's just like he just kind of like just did it yeah and it, it, I, I, I couldn't do it <laughs> it's, no, it's, it's amazing yeah it's really awesome and 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 definitely definitely right in your wheelhouse because it's it's like a perfect combination of uh, like horror and a bit of comedy. comedy. Yep. Lots of cool gore. Slapstick. Yeah, lots of cool gore and like gra- um, um, practical effects yep. and stuff. So the, uh, the effects are incredible in this. Yeah. Uh, Stuart Gordon, <clears throat> by the way, would go on though to have a very healthy career in horror. He's one of the masters of horror now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he did From Beyond, Dolls, Castle Freak. Which if you've never seen Castle Freak, ah, it's amazing. You say that different than me. You say Castle Freak? Yeah. I've always called it Castle Freak. Like, different emphasis. Well, you're wrong. Well, <laughs> I think it's subjective, really. <laughs> uh, anyway, though. I'm um, usually wrong about those things. but uh, So, yeah, so so reanimator. Uh, take us through the... <clears throat> well, like I said, this is... it's it's this The first installment is loosely based on the first half uh-huh. of... The H.P. Lovecraft story. Yes. There's a lot of similarities, but then there's a lot of areas where they really, yeah, they really diverge from the original story. Um, so uh, it starts off, you they kind of jump right into it. You see Herbert West is... Uh, studying under another guy. Studying <laughs> studying under this guy named Hans, Hans Gruber. Gruber. <laughs> <laughs> which, if you, if, if you know, Hans Gruber is also the name of 
Alan Alan Rickman's character from Die Hard. Yep. And uh, which is kind which of which this came first. Yeah, this came first. Die Hard came out th- uh, what three, three years, years after later. this. Yep. So, do you think that they? I don't use know. that name I, for. Uh, is Hans Gruber like a popular? I don't know. Like German name, maybe. I, I, I kind of wonder if there's just like you know, like some like a, a circle of friends involved in both movies or something. I don't know. We should look it up and find out for sure, so we don't sound like assholes. What, what do we have a podcast where people listen to us? <laughs> Come on. Oh, <laughs> uh, we don't know anything. So, um, yeah, he's he's. You don't really see him studying under Hans Gruber. It kind of just opens up with. Uh, they're doing experiments. He has done an experiment on Hans Gruber because apparently Hans Gruber has died. Yes. And uh, it goes horribly awry. Why Herbert West doesn't end up end up in prison after this, I don't know. Because. Well, you killed him. No. I gave, I gave him life. <laughs> <laughs> but but no, you killed him. Like, yeah, I don't know. He should have ended up in prison, but instead of prison, he ends up at Miskatonic University in Arkham, Massachusetts. Well, they just needed two movies before they got there, that's all. <laughs> I guess, yeah. <laughs> um, so he ends up at Miskatonic University in Arkham, Massachusetts uh, as, a, as a new student, mm-hmm. but he's uh, he's a bit of a know-it-all. Right off the bat, he's challenging his he, professors. He's, he's there because he wants to learn more, yet he's right off the bat, he's telling the professors they don't know what they're talking about and that their theories are completely wrong and this and that. Specifically, um, Dr. Carl Hill, played by David Gill, mm-hmm. who does not take too kindly to him challenging his uh, his theories. Because Dr. Hill has this theory that once, um, what was it, once uh, once a body's dead, or once the brain is dead, it can, or once a person dies, the brain can only retain... Like six to twelve minutes, or something yeah, like six that. to twelve minutes. It can only re- retain memories and 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 signs yeah. of life for six to twelve minutes, which, which uh, Herbert West thinks is complete bullshit. Yes, and he calls him out in class, and it doesn't go too well. No, and he breaks a lot of pencils. He does. He does break a lot of <laughs> pencils. I didn't, was that just to annoy him and yes. just like yeah. show that yeah. every time Doctor Hill would say something that he disagreed with. Snap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every single time. Before I go any further, uh, Jeffrey Combs as Herbert West uh-huh. is just amazing. He's incredible. I uh, I got the opportunity to meet Jeffrey Combs. Oh, you did? Really? Uh, last year at um, Motor City Nightmares. Oh, cool. My, myself, my old roommate, Chris, went to uh, went to go see him. And uh, he's super, super cool dude. We didn't talk about Reanimator much, but we talked about... Um, uh, um, Frighteners? No, not Frighteners. <laughs> uh, uh the Doctor Strange movie that wasn't Doctor Doctor Mordred. Doctor Mordred, yeah. And we asked him what that movie was about, and he goes, "I have no idea." <laughs> he goes, I I still to this day have no idea what that movie's about. <laughs> uh, super nice, super nice dude though. That's like, cool. like you could have a conversation with him all day. Like he's just super awesome. That's really cool. Um, he uh, uh, what was it? Oh, I can't I can't really watch him because I love the Frighteners. Yes. And his his character in the Frighteners, what's his name? It's uh, oh, I forget offhand. Dammers, uh, like uh, uh, no, wait, what the? Heck? I can't I think of his name. Here, keep going. Oh, I'll look it up. Yeah, it's a, I know it's something Dammers, but every time I see him, I just automatically go to that scene where he pulls open his shirt and says, uh, <laughs> "My my body is a roadmap of pain." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I, I, so like throughout watching this entire series, even though I've seen I've seen the first one before. I hadn't seen the other two, and I just I I kept going back to Milton Milton, Milton Dammers. I kept going back to Milton Dammers. <laughs> it's hard for me to get away from that. But uh, so anyway, he's uh, you know he's this eccentric genius trying to prove that death doesn't stop or life 
doesn't stop at death, basically, or yeah, and the, every part of the body can can has has memory banks in it, basically. Yeah, basically that, like every single limb in your body has consciousness. Yes, which he gets a little more into later later in this movie and later in the, in series. the series. Yeah. Uh, so he uh, so he finds a there's a he finds a, a room for rent, ticket somewhere in on the university, and it turns out that it's the uh, the room of another guy that's in his class in uh, Doctor Hill's class. Right, Dan Kane. Yes, uh, Dan Kane, who will who will be as a also in the next movie as well. He's kind of his apprentice. A, yeah, if, uh, if, if or, or partner, I suppose Part, they partner, kind of work apprentice, along. Yeah. And when you first are introduced to Dan Kane, he's he's res, he's trying to resuscitate someone in the emergency room. He has room. the heart. Right, of, like, the, of the partnership, if you will. Right, he's he's trying to resuscitate this woman, and she's obviously gone. Yeah, but he just keeps trying, and then he's very distraught about the fact that he has lost her. So it's it's that's the dichotomy between uh, Herbert and Dan. Yeah, is Herbert's more clinical, and and he's just really about the the science, and and Dan is kind of the. I, I'm bleeding heart. Yeah, of the two, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Now Dan is dating the dean's daughter. Ooh, Meg. scandalous! Scandalous! It is scandalous. Um, and so, so this 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 whole like 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 setup is you have Herbert West who comes in and he moves into this house pretty abruptly and quickly, and Dan needs the money, so he just says yes. Meg, the girlfriend's like, I don't know about this, and that 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 dichotomy between those three characters though is just constantly butting heads and going back and forth, and it's, it makes for a lot of the comedy of the movie. Wouldn't sort it of. be? Would it be? Wouldn't it be a trichotomy at that point? Trichotomy. Got it to me. It's a T. Yes, what you said. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Tri- yes, trichotomy. I don't think trichotomy is a word. So, but it, but 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 you're right. It is now. Um. So she. Uh, yeah. She's she she's thinks that he's un- weird right off the bat. Right. Which he is. He's a weirdo. <laughs> he's absolutely weird. But like like Mike said, he needs the money, and he figures, why not? This guy's got the money. I need the money. One of my favorite parts about this movie is, and I have this in my notes. In my and and I just have. West is such a dick. I love it. <laughs> like he's because he really is. Like he doesn't give a shit about anyone or anything. Yeah. He just wants to do his work. Right. And uh, so, so I find it funny. He moves into this dude's house who he doesn't even know. Sets up shop in his basement and is literally experimenting on body parts in this guy's basement, and the guy doesn't even know. Well, first he kills the dude's cat. Yes. <laughs> Which you know he says, oh well, I I found him, I found him with a uh, jar over his head and he suffocated. Yeah. Yeah. That's suspect right what there. What did you? I was pushing around bodies all day. What did you want me to do? Leave a leave a note that says "dead cat dead." Details later. <laughs> <laughs> that's the name of the episode, by the way. Cat dead. Cat, deta- cat dead. Details yeah, later. That's a good call. <laughs> um, and he uh, they actually used a real dead cat for that scene. By that's the what way. I heard. That's what I heard. That's kind of freaky. That's weird. <laughs> um, they bring the real one back to life too. Yeah. Yeah, with the with the glow <laughs> with the glow stick juice. <laughs> um. In a way, like as I was watching this, I was I, like, you kind of get the sense that uh, he brings Dan into it almost out of necessity. Uh, well, it's like Dan has caught him mm-hmm. doing his work. I, I I don't I don't think that he ever really wanted a partner in the whole thing so much, or or, or maybe he wasn't thinking that Dan was automatically going to be that partner. But when Dan catches him, he's like, "Oh, you can be my partner. You'll help yeah. me with my work." And it's almost like a way well, to. And you're a brill- you're a, you're a brilliant. Student. Yeah, he's, you're yeah, this, you're... It, it kind of it's perfect, a perfect fit. Right, but it's almost like he was stroking his ego a little bit to get him to do what he wanted. Which Dan, throughout the entire series, has is always 
hesitant about it. But right. Herbert knows his like buttons to push to get him to do certain things. Right. Uh, it basically plays to his humanity, his humanity side. Right. And in the in the actual in the actual story, Herbert West Reanimator, uh, there's never a name given to the narrator. Dan is the narrator, you know, like yeah. the equivalent of the narrator, and it's the same thing. It's kind of he always talks about how horrible and like wretched these things are that he's seen that uh, that him and and Herbert West have been able to do. But it's so fascinating the fact that they're they're basically defying death, you know, that yeah. he just couldn't stop. And and for Herbert West, it becomes sort of an addiction. Like, to the point where... Oh, it's absolutely, it's a compulsion. Yeah. Like, he has to keep working, like, no matter what. And I, I love how he's, he's the, he's, he's so, uh, he's so driven by, like, kind of the end game that he is very sloppy and careless with the work that he does. Yeah. Because almost, <clears throat> almost every, in this, same in the story, same in the movie, almost everything that he brings back to life is like horribly violent. Yeah, it's like, it's like your serum works, but it really doesn't work. Stop using it. But he takes no precautions to prevent any. Like he doesn't strap anything down. Nope. He doesn't like, uh, you know, well, like the, fir the first guy they bring back to life. So, so jumping ahead in the plot here a little bit. They, yeah, sure. Uh, they they go back. Yeah, to we the, don't need to give away the whole plot. Yeah, Let's just talk they, about them. They end up going back to the hospital. They go back to the morgue and they find the perfect specimen, if you will, and. Um, they administer the uh, the serum to the back of the neck, and when it finally takes place, the guy goes fucking nuts. He wakes up. He's he is beating the crap out of everybody. Kicks the door down. He kills the dean. And <laughs> they did, well. They, um, they decided to inject the the reagent into the most massive muscular yeah, dude they could find, which, which, which is probably a bad idea. Well, who uh, uh, the, that muscular dude was played by a guy named Peter Kent, mm -hmm. who has been. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's stand-in, body double, stunt double. There stunt we go. Stunt double, yeah. Stunt double for something like 12 years. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, everything from Terminator to Jingle All the Way. He was Arnold Schwarzenegger's <laughs> stunt double. Nice. So that's that's the guy in Reanimator, oh, which that's I, cool. I thought was kind of funny. Very cool. Um, but yeah, so so this like all this crazy shit happens. The dean is dead. The girlfriend's father, right? <laughs> Meg's father is mm -hmm. the dean. So then they try to bring him back to life because. You can't be the guy that killed your girlfriend's dad. So they bring him back to life. Well, it, he's see, fucking and there's, crazy. There's two different. There's two different motivations here. Uh, Dan wants to bring him back to life because, oh God, I just, I just killed my, or I just got my girlfriend's father, father killed. killed. And Last. Herbert is just, I just want a fresh body. Yep. To see if this will work. Yep. That's all he's ever motivated. So, by. so, so that happens, and then the, the the dean is is basically a zombie for the rest of the movie. Right. Uh, and and that comes into play more towards at the end when Doctor Hill's doing his thing, and you know it. And they think they think that he's just kind of lost his mind. Yeah. Like they think, they, they, they put think him he's in a, crazy. They put him in a padded cell, and, yep. and that's just where he. The cops ends bought up. the idea that he just went nuts and. Right. And yeah. Well, because they they come into the the morgue. To find this, you know, this huge hulking dead body, Doctor uh, or, or Dean Halsey's in the corner, it's like a stark raving, like lunatic. curled up in a yeah. little ball. Which but is, he's still, but he's still sort of there. So yeah, it's weird because he actually does yell, "Arrest them!" Yeah, which for the most part, every time they bring back somebody, they have no, yeah, they have no real. Well, even 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 the dean later in the movie doesn't really have the wherewithal. Right. So I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that was like a good. A thing that happened really quickly when they brought him back to life. I don't right. know. Um, let's. Well, yeah, go ahead. I was say let's talk. Let's talk about uh, uh, 
Carl Hill. Carl Hill, yeah. Because <laughs> so he's got one of the best roles in this entire movie. Yeah, like I said, I love this character so much. He's an interesting character. He's um, it's it, this was a character that was uh, developed just for the movie. This, mm-hmm. He didn't show up in the story. Oh, he, at all. he was not in the short story. No, there's a what happens to him and who he becomes in the second movie. Not the not toward the end of the second movie, but uh, um, who he becomes for a portion of the second movie is. It happens to someone in the story, but it's a completely different. It's a character. completely different character. Yeah. Is 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 that character in the movies? No. Gotcha. No. Okay. No. Um. So anyway, uh, Doctor Doctor Carl Hill. He's the one that um, that Herbert West was challenging in the beginning. Yeah. And he's got kind of his theories were outdated. Outdated. And all that. Yeah. And he's and and Herbert West thinks that he's a charlatan for like, for teaching kids these uh, outdated outdated medical theories and yeah. stuff like that so they're they're already butting heads you know from the very from the very beginning of the movie he's got uh they don't really from what i've from what i've read there was originally kind of a subplot in this movie that he has mind control and they they actually cut most of that out that's kind of what i figured because they don't explain it in the movie however there's it's obvious that that's what's going right. on. Right, he'll start. He'll start getting really serious and be being like, um, "You, you will help me." Yeah. And then like it always, the, the like the kind the screen kind of darkens around his face, and mm-hmm. they kind of zoom in, and then the the other person just kind of stares at him blankly. So it's pretty obvious what's going on. There's like a mind control. Now, does it only work with other zombie type characters though? No, because think about it. He he did the ver- the very first time that you see it happen is when. Uh, so Dan and Meg are dating, uh-huh. and uh, Dean Halsey and Carl Hill are having dinner, and uh, Dean Halsey is obsessed with Meg. Yes, which Creep- is creepy creepily. because yeah, because <laughs> she's you know like twenty one years old and he's in his sixties or something uh-huh. like that, and he's trying to convince Dean Halsey that Dan Kane is no good, and you know how he and that's that's the first time you really see he's like staring blankly. Uh, Carl Hill is staring like blankly into the fire in yeah. the fireplace, and he's saying he's he's no good. He's going to try to corrupt your daughter, and he's he's a dangerous man. And then you start to see Dean Halsey's face kind of go into a blank stare, see, and I he says he's a he's a dangerous man. You I know? didn't actually pick that up at that point. Oh, you did I didn't? thought this all happened after he died for some reason, like the oh, serum, no. like the serum gave him the power or something. No, like, I guess I never. That's even more fantastical than the rest of the stories. That a seemingly normal dude has powers. Like you know, it's 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 kind of a weird. It doesn't really fit. When the, well, when there's no when there's no explanation, it's kind of weird. But yeah. it's there's enough there's enough context. Now was that in the story? Did he have mind control in the story? Well, he wasn't in the story. Did were there any characters with mind control in the story? No, I don't. Okay. No, I don't. Just curious, so. I was just curious to see if there's if they pulled that from somewhere. No, I don't. I don't. That was made up for the movie, which. It, it's kind of a weird place to take it, but yeah. whatever. They can... So not to not to give away any spoilers, but it's kind of important to, to go on. Yeah. Um, he gets his head cut off. Which is that's actually probably <laughs> my favorite part of the entire movie. Mm-hmm. He comes in and he confronts Herbert West and uh, and he basically says the jig is up. I know what you're doing, and then he starts to do his mind control thing on on West, and he's mm-hmm. like, you you will. You will give me your serum, and you will show me your notes. This, see, this is before he's dead. 
Oh, you're right. You're right. You will give me your notes and uh, and. See, I just thought he was like blackmailing him. No, because That's obviously how I, I took no, because obviously with with how bullheaded Herbert West is, do you think he would really just submit to him like that? That's true. And he even like he he stands there with a blank look on his face, but a tear runs down his face. Like he, like he knows in the back of his mind that he shouldn't be submitting yeah. to him. Yeah. But, but he does. it's just happening. And then, uh, long story short, Herbert West crushes his skull with a <laughs> with a shovel. And then when. When uh, Hill is on the ground, I, this is my favorite scene. He puts the shovel on his neck and then... Just kicks it. <laughs> uh, he delivers a really awesome one-liner, but for some reason I can't think of what it is. And then, he, yeah, he does the, the kick on the top of the shovel and just lops his head yeah. off. Uh, it's funny. The, the, the scene that follows that is actually my favorite scene. He's got So he's got his head now. Yeah. West has his head, and he puts it in a pan yeah and it keeps falling over and so he grabs like a uh one of those spiky paper things oh, like that you put the notes <laughs> yeah. on yeah and he puts that and then he just sticks the head on the spike <laughs> and it was like it was just such cruel problem solving and it cracked me up so much and he's so stoic about it too he's like he just he's like he's looking the head keeps rolling and he's kind of annoyed and he just looks at this this uh, <laughs> note Whatever that, what oh, the hell do you call those things? Work. Yeah, he just you can see his, his thought head. process throughout the whole thing. That's why I love it. Yeah, it's like it's like he's just putting a pumpkin on a stand or something like that. It's Jack so brutal. Jack chap. Um, no, that's that's great. And so basically, he uh, he he decides at this point because he's always kind of had this theory that uh, consciousness exists not only in the brain but also in you know every other yeah. part of the body. So he's like parts. I've never done whole parts before, so he injects uh, both the head mm -hmm. and the body, which he shouldn't have done. No. <laughs> Should have probably just done the head first to see what would happen. And then basically uh, for the rest of the movie and for the rest of the next movie, you've got Carl Hill walking around as a decapitated person who both the head and the body Well, are... not in the next movie, only in this movie. No, it's in the next movie, too. He doesn't have his body in the next movie. Yes, he does. No, he doesn't. Doesn't he? No, not at all. Which we'll get there in a moment. Oh, okay. We'll get there momentarily. Uh, long, like the, the, I don't want to give away the ending or anything oh, like that. Oh, yeah, I it, just remembered. Yeah, you're Everybody right. ends up back, though, at, at, the, at the, the university. They're in the morgue, or the, the hospital, rather. They're in the morgue, and like, all, the, all the players are there. There's basically a giant fight between West, Kane, Meg, mm -hmm. and a bunch of living dead people, mm -hmm. including Carl Hill, who is using his psychic powers... To control all of the living and dead people. It's in this scene where you have probably the most iconic uh, 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 scene in the entire movie, mm -hmm. and that is that uh, that um, uh, Hill? Uh, Hill kidnaps Meg. Oh and God! <laughs> this part to, is we, so creepy. <laughs> so I watched this with my roommate Jen. Oh She's never God. seen Reanimator before. Yeah. Watching her squirm during this scene <laughs> was was just. It's the greatest thing ever. Because uh, I knew it was coming. No pun intended. Um, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so Meg is is basically strapped down on the exam table, mm -hmm. uh, naked at this point, because Hill is completely obsessed with her and right. wants wants every part of her. Yeah. And so he basically gets her father, who is dead, zombie, he's there, mm -hmm. right, Dean, Yeah. to grab... So the Dean grabs his head, mm -hmm. grabs Hill's head, puts the... The dean puts Hill's head between Meg's legs, and basically the head is about to give head. 
Well, well, first he like, well, first he does some work up top. He does, he does. Like he's like burying his face in her boobs and like sucking some nip. Yeah, he does. He really goes for it, <laughs> and it's like it's it's pretty disturbing and and yet, was, yet hilarious at the same time. I didn't I don't, find anything. I don't know why I was cracking up when I was watching. Maybe because Jen was there and I was watching her. Uh, maybe probably, that's why, yeah. But. I th- I think I maybe you kind of have to laugh at it just to avoid it's so how horrible. It is. Yeah, but yeah. Then he goes to like you know, like Mike said, the head is about to give head, and then that's when Dan and Herbert show up, and and that's the scene. Kind and that's of actually save the day. I don't know. Well, the um the our quote at the beginning of the episode is actually the scene right after that. You actually right. hear moans from her on the table in yeah. that opening thing. <laughs> oh, God, so filthy. Uh, yeah, it's it's yep, that, um, it, it happened. Um, <laughs> that's a thing. Um, so <laughs> so basically. Basically, this wraps up. It wraps up not really. You, you don't really know whether or not Herbert West survives. Oh, and I, I, I did forget to mention that there is. So, uh, Carl Hill loses his head. Yeah. You know, and and at one point he enters the morgue pretending to be a real person by putting a fake head on top of his. <laughs> it's like a, it's like an educational. Shoulder. It's like an educational tearaway head. <laughs> right. That actually happens in the in the story. Oh, does it? Okay. The the person who ends up decapitated and then and then um, reanimated. Yep. Yeah. Uh, they walk around with a wax head on their shoulders. And Interesting. Yeah. So, but it's it like I said, it's not Dr. Carl Hill. It's some somebody completely different. Um, which I won't get into. If you want to know it, just read the story. <laughs> but, Fair. Um, so, uh, so that's. Yeah, you don't know whether or not Herbert West made it out because he gets last. Last you see of him, he's being strangled by the intestines of Doctor Hill's dead body. Which, if you don't know, what we're talking about. Watch the movie. It's really awesome. <laughs> it <That's> really <laughs> is. It's a, it's a. That's a practical effects feat right there. Yeah, it was it's really so cool. good. So good. The the gore in this movie is incredible. Yeah. Um. All three movies, really. Yeah. So so. Uh, Dan gets Meg out of of the room. Meg ends up dying. Oh, spoilers! Oh, well, 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 sort of. <laughs> well, you kind of. I have to spoil it though, so that we can set it up for Bride, though. Yeah. In all fairness. Yeah. So Meg ends up dying. However, at the very last second, he injects Meg with the serum, and then the screen goes to black, and all you hear is Meg screaming. Right. And that and that's how the movie ends. Yeah. So Herbert West is sucked into the. Cavity and, of, a, and you, <laughs> of a zombie, Meg's dead. Uh, we, yeah, it's it's you're kind of left and everything's fucked up. And then you hear the and then you hear the uh, the the same music from the intro of the movie. Which, by the way, I have to point this out. It is a blatant ripoff of Psycho. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And and I think that was intentional. And I was I was reading about this, and uh, Richard Band was the composer. Mm-hmm. Is he related to Charlie Band, brother? I, oh, I'm not sure. It has to be because because he did all he did Puppet Master and well, all that too. Oh, Richard Bandit. Yeah. Okay. So, well, it's, I was reading. He went two days over schedule when he was composing this music. I was like, how? <laughs> you so just sad. fucking ripped off Psycho. Like, how do you go over two days schedule? <laughs> like, were you smoking bowls for most right. of the time? And In then, all fairness, with maybe. the last two days, you're like, shit, I gotta compose a score, and so you just lifted Psycho. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the only explanation. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I anyway, for you. yeah. So why don't we move on to the second? Okay. Movie? So this, <laughs> so reanimator was followed up uh, a few years later. Uh, I believe in 1989, mm-hmm. if memory serves. Yeah. Uh, with Bride of Reanimator, not a play on Bride of Frankenstein at all. And this movie is not Bride of Frankenstein 
at all. Well, uh, Herbert West, reanimator, the story, was intentionally supposed to be basically a, a parody of Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it would make sense to go into... True. Yeah. True. So Bride of Reanimator, though, like you had pointed out, is basically the second half of the original Reanimator story. Yeah, you see what James I'm... James just pulled out a Zima. That's that's right, <laughs> <What>? I did. <laughs> well, uh, we're talking about a movie from 1989, and I don't know, I can't remember when Zima came out. I'm sure it was in the 90s. I don't even have a pun. Get me a beer. Close enough. No, I'm not going to. You. I don't know what you have in there. No, you sit and you think about a beer. You <laughs> think about what, a pun. But I don't know what you have in there. I'm not drinking another 10 percenter. <laughs> I've never had a Zima. You want to try it? I'll take a little sip. It's uh, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> it tastes like somebody. Ooh, it tastes like a lemon pledge. Yeah, it tastes like somebody's <laughs> like yeah, like had a glass of water and chilled it, and then sprayed lemon pledge into it. That's um, actually hey, pretty pretty accurate. This is empty. Can you reanimate me some beer? There. See? There it is. Now Look, I will at that. Get you. Look at that. How about a uh, How about a Dos Equis? Ooh. I brought a I brought a, ga- a grab bag tonight, so Fair enough. Um so yeah, anyway, uh, Bride of Reanimator from 1989, directed by Brian Usna. Yep, who was the, the producer. Yeah, producer of the first movie. And um, he directed this one and the following movie as well. That's right. He yep. also directed Return of the Living Dead Part 3. Did he? And a movie called Society, which I've never seen, but I hear amazing things about. I've heard that it's probably, it's one of the best body horror movies ever made. Really? Yeah. That's just what I've heard. I haven't seen it, so I can't say too much on it, but. You're talking out of your ass, Michael. Talking right out the ass. (laughs) Um, So, uh, Dr. Herbert West and Dan Kane discover the secret to creating human life and proceed to create a perfect woman from dead tissue. That's it. Perfect? Is she really perfect? Not in the least bit. <laughs> no. They, they should have watched Weird Science. Weird Science. Because that's how you make a perfect woman. That was a perfect woman. <laughs> um, so this movie, once again, starring uh, Jeffrey Combs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruce Abbott is back. Yep. David Gale is back. Mm-hmm. And you have a lot of vagina. A lot of a lot of vagina. <laughs> uh, Fa- Fabiano Odeno from uh, from Austin Powers. Austin, yep. That's probably how most people would know her. Uh, she plays Francesca Danelli. And she is uh, real ugly. Yes, she is real, real. Yes, ugly. She is very ugly. Not attractive nope, whatsoever. Nope, not at all. <laughs> She's beautiful. And uh, and Kathleen Kinmont, who plays Gloria, who is kind of a... She's she's an integral part of this story because... Um, now, did they... So, like Mike said, Meg ends up dying at the, at the end of the first yeah. movie. So here's the thing. I don't know if you knew this or not. Yeah. There is a whole deleted sequence from the beginning of this movie mm-hmm. that dealt with that. Okay. And it's not like, in the actual movie. And so like, you don't actually know what happened. I feel like it would be important to... Well, they basically, they opened they open the story and you just, they kind of just, they threw out uh, West and, uh, uh, I can't remember his name. Who? Uh, Dan. Kane. Kane, yeah. Uh, th- throughout them talking, you understand that, uh, that Meg died, right? However, there was a deleted scene in the beginning, in the beginning of the uh, uh, of the movie, where it literally talks about, <laughs> they literally talk. It shows, it picks up directly when he injected her with the serum at the end of the first movie. Okay, and uh, she basically like like she comes back to life, but then she basically has like a heart attack and she dies anyway. Okay, it, it kind of shows what happened. Those are the screams that you heard 
at the end of the first movie. Right. Which so, is, that's not a, a, from, in the first movie, that wasn't a terribly un- uncommon occurrence. A lot no, of times they no. would they would come back to life, and it was almost like the shock of being back alive would kill them again. Yes. Uh, so when you're watching this, though, the actual, like, the, the, the cut of the movie that is available to you, though, she's just, Meg just died, she didn't come back to life, whatever. Uh, so Bride of Reanimator picks up, and Dr. West and Dan are in the uh, Peruvian Civil War. Right. They're down in South America doing, like, you know, field dressings and, and working in, in wartime, basically. Well, this is this is where the second half of the story, like the actual H.P. Lovecraft story picks up. This mm-hmm. is this is accurate to the story. Okay. They, uh, they volunteer to because be... Because they get bodies. Right, exactly. It's a perfect place to get to get what they need, which is fresh, dead bodies. And at this point, Herbert West is not so much focused on uh, fresh, full bodies as he is. Like he's, at, he's trying to prove that consciousness is in every part of the body. So yes. they're getting limbs, and they're getting... Head, severed heads and like so he he's really kind of, it's kind of his playground his his uh his 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 lack of humanity is almost even more at this point because he actually he actually brings a guy back to life and then when he's freaking out he just shoots him in the head in front of everybody and like doesn't even care anymore well he, he doesn't do it in front of everybody well, he, he accidentally does it in front of francesca yeah he doesn't well dan's there in francesca and whatever but uh, yeah, it's just, he's not really hiding it anymore, though. Like when it happens, it just happens. Like right, it's like when when, <laughs> when when you have a failure, you just do away with it and then exactly. move on. So uh, their camp gets overrun. They're forced to evacuate, and they end up back at Miskatonic. At Mis- <laughs> Why they would ever <laughs> let them back there is completely beyond me. <laughs> um, do they? Uh... Wait, are they back at Miskatonic? I think yeah, so. yeah, they yeah. are. Yeah. Um, now, so like I was telling you that there there was a character uh, that was similar to Carl Hill, mm-hmm. the Peruvian uh, wartime. That's where you actually get the character, the headless character from in the oh, story. Oh, okay. It's 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 actually another guy, uh, like a colleague of Doctor West, who kind of knows what he's doing and has himself studied reanimation, mm-hmm. and he's coming to meet them. And his helicopter crashes, and he ends up uh, decapitated. And so uh, Herbert West injects his decapitated body with the serum, and then he puts his head into this vat of... You know how they bring the, the reptiles into the second movie? Yes. The iguanas? Yes. In the story, he's got, like... He's figured out that this reptile, like, he can basically use the cells as, like, uh, almost like this universal reagent and so he puts the dude's head into the like into the vat like oh, just okay, to kind of okay. just to kind of save it and well that makes sense though because reptiles can regenerate their tails like iguanas right, can exactly. lose their tails and they can regenerate them yeah i don't so know that if, actually makes sense can iguanas actually do yeah, it yeah okay well have I, you ever I'll seen just, starsky and hutch i'll just take your word for it i've seen it happen with, with smaller lizards i didn't know that iguanas oh, could yeah. do it but um yeah so that's that's where that character comes from in the story so anyway, like Mike was saying, they get back to Miskatonic, and they're kind of uh, they're co- they're continuing their research, but they're continuing it in a an old farmhouse that they've bought, mm-hmm. that is conveniently located right next to cemetery. a cemetery. So not even like not even like just next to it, like on top of it, like like literally that like they share walls with 
Right, they <laughs> right they're, they're in their basement. They share a wall with an old mausoleum. Yeah, with well, it's an old crypt or a crypt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like they're really right next to it. Right. Um. So Dan though has a new patient that is on the on the fritz, if you will, mm-hmm. and he once again is like falling for the patient or whatever because he doesn't want to lose another patient, and he sees he sees Meg in her. I think a little bit. Now here was the part that kind of confused me. I kind of I kind of wondered if there was if she had some sort of donor organ from Meg. Which is why he was so invested. He because he he said to her like every time I see you, I or every time I uh, yeah every time I'm around you or every time I see you, I just see Meg. And I, I kind of wondered so. if they, they never, gave if, her. If that's the case, they didn't say anything about it. They never really got into what what her ailment was either, did they? No, just that her her mind was sound, but her body was failing her. Right. That's pretty much it. Okay. Um, I think that he just saw. Somebody that he just an opportunity, an opportunity to save somebody, save somebody but he else, because yeah. he, he didn't save Meg. Right. Um, so while they're at the hospital, though, uh, ran, uh, there's a there's a, a, a police detective that is looking into what happened at the hospital eight right. months prior. Yeah. And it turns out that one of one of Herbert's uh, Herbert West's victims was his wife. Mm-hmm. Which they don't really talk about before in the first movie at all. So I'm confused when Herbert West had time to infect other people. No, no people... she, she was one of the people, she was one of the people in the morgue who, uh, was reanimated in the, in the first movie. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I missed that part then. Well, cause didn't, uh, didn't Hill actually reanimate some of the bodies to use as his like undead army. Yes, he did. You're right. And I, so so right, this in, this investigator is mistakenly think thinking that Herbert West reanimated his wife when it was probably actually Doctor Hill. That makes more sense. I didn't think about it that way. Long story short, he yep. knows his wife died. Right now she's alive. Well, sort of quote alive. unquote alive, <laughs> and he's looking into he's looking into what happened there and everything else. So uh, so he goes poking around or whatever, and um, uh, the the he brings Francesca into the into the psycho room if you will why i don't think they would ever allow that yeah, in that a real was, hospital that was ill-advised <laughs> <laughs> and yeah so like, all this just should happen so francesca now is francesca by the way she was she was uh down in peru with them yeah and i i think i think she was a nurse or something mm-hmm. she came into the room at one point and saw herbert shoot one of the the bodies yes which right there she should have been i i it made me wonder if she kind of knew what was going on. I think she was taken aback by it a little bit. I th- I think she probably knew the kind of research that they were doing, but didn't realize to the extent. <laughs> yeah. So, so she shows up in town again. She meets up with Dan. They've mm-hmm. all they've obviously got some sort of romantic connection. Mm-hmm. And well, how could you not? <laughs> right, Dan. Dan is so handsome, and uh, she's all right too, I guess. Um, <laughs> But the investigator notices that they have something going on, so yeah. he kind of corners her and, and, and is trying to clue her in on the nefarious things that they're doing. So, And he wants to get everything out of her that he possibly can in order to kind of make a case against them. Yeah. Then he starts going around and poking around at their house, which he is... He just randomly shows up. Completely illegal. Sure. Not, not using due process whatsoever. Nope. 
He's not. Uh, it's the '80s, man. Yeah, There's a due process. He's, he's not getting. <laughs> he's not getting search warrants or anything like that. He's just busting in on them, and uh, they obviously have their their thing going on. I, I I like I like in this movie a lot because this is where Herbert starts to get into like more like, more into like the parts like yeah. this is this is the, where the fingers in the eye is my is he, the cutest little mutant thing yeah it's it's like uh it's a what is it three fingers and an eyeball I think it's five fingers no I think it's just, I think it's all five is it yeah I think so I, I can't remember more than three he just pieces together like. A few random fingers and puts an eyeball on top of them, yeah. and then inject with like a paper clip to hold them together, like in the middle. <laughs> and then like and then like pours pours the uh, the reagent on it, and then it comes to life like a little spider creature. Mm-hmm. I think that's what and- I really liked about this movie is that this is when he started to like really go nuts with it and and just started re like reanimating just parts that were mended together the reason that the little finger creature is is important right now is because when the uh when the detective comes to the house the finger creature is running around the house yeah <laughs> and they don't know where it is and dan's trying to just kind of get it and it's like crawling around the detective. <laughs> this is oh, this great. is like what i was talking about how uh um herbert west is just He's this brilliant mind, but like the most irresponsible scientist yeah. ever. Because he, how many times does it happen in these movies where he will reanimate something and then he'll go like turn his back to do something else and then he turns around and he's just like, oh shit, it's gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he just doesn't do anything about it. He kind of looks around for a second and then he's like, well, whatever. Continuing, uh, continuing on the idea that he's just experimenting with things. Uh, Francesca has a dog that she brings with her, and the dog meets an untimely demise. And instead, instead of leaving the dog dead with uh, a missing limb, no, Herbert West decides to put a human hand on the dog. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fucking great. This is when they really, yeah, like he really gets into the kind of the Frankenstein, like the Frankenstein yeah. version of. Yeah, this this movie is very much Frankenstein. Like yeah. Down to a T because they're building a body and, and reanimating it, you know? Um, some, and somehow the, the, the head of Dr. Hill ends up back at the morgue uh, after everything that's happened in the first movie. My favorite my favorite part is the line that we use for the intro is, uh, who's going to believe a talking head? Get a job at a sideshow. And then when the, from the first movie, and then yeah. when, the, when the detective goes to the uh, hospital, mm-hmm. he goes, well, you know, we he was looking into it, and nobody had heard from him, and this and that, and then this just showed up at a sideshow, and he brings it down, and he puts, and he unwraps it, and there's the head. The head did end up in a sideshow. It's kind of yeah, it's kind of like it, it comes full circle on that joke, and you almost kind of miss it if you didn't watch the movies back to back. You would almost probably, yeah. like it would be one of those lines that you would just sort of brush off. That's great though. It's I love funny. that. Um, so yeah, his head ends up back at at the hospital, and uh, it ends up reanimated again yep because of because this i here's the thing you gotta kind of you gotta kind of just like forget about logic with some of these things because it's a reanimator come on this this doctor (laughs) dr graves finds the head he's like oh my god that's that looks like dr hill and so he just takes the head and sets it somewhere Mm -hmm. and then he finds this reagent which he has no idea what it is (laughs) Oh no! Yeah, first he he has no idea what the reagent is. He injects it into a dead bat. Yeah. Why would you find something 
that you don't know what it is and just inject it into a dead bat. Oh, that makes a lot more sense now. I forgot that he injected it into the bat. Yeah. It makes a lot more sense for the so, ending now. So then, so, then the, so then the bat comes back to life and he's like, oh, this this brings dead people back to life. Mm-hmm. So it, so he injects Dr. Hill's head. And then Dr. Hill... Smart idea. <laughs> Dr. Hill wakes up and it's awesome because he uses his mind control on Dr. Grave yep. to tell him to help him out. And so, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So... Grave is now essentially the headless body that's carrying him around, even though he doesn't listen to him all the time. Right. And at one point, he just flat out refuses to listen to him, so Dr. Hill's like, don't make me get more help, and he does some weird telepathic thing, and then all of a sudden, all of the all of the reanimated bodies that are still alive from the first movie and from whatever's happened in the second movie just come... To him because they all had if you thought that these movies made sense you're completely mistaken <laughs> they don't really make a lot of sense <laughs> they probably now now that i'm thinking about us explaining them they don't sound like they make sense no they don't <laughs> but, but if you watch them they sort of make sense um I, I, so it's around it's around this time though where they're the west is starting to collect body parts mm-hmm. because he wants to create life basically right and they they basically make a peep like a, like a like a metal pipe skeleton frame and start attaching random limbs from different dead people right uh like the the, the feet of a dancer you had the hands of a surgeon the body of a virgin the the that the, the all these different parts and, and then his whole that- his whole monologue when he's explaining that because because dan kane is like really freaked like, out by really this whole idea it, yeah but when he's explaining it it's like he almost kind of wins you over. He does. He's talking about like how all these, all of these pieces, were part of a life that meant nothing, and now we can bring them yes. all together to mean something. You know, and at it's the like, center of it is a heart that he found in a storage closet from Meg. Megan Halsey. And this is how, and this is how he gets Dan back into the fold because Megan's heart will beat again. Right. You know? And Dan's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Like I'm totally in now. <laughs> so so Dan gets a huge bone and he thinks, Oh my god, Meg's heart will beat again and the, so they and the, then they the, and then they take the head of uh of Gloria. Of Gloria, the woman who was dying in the beginning. Right. Who only had a good head. Remember? Apparently, yeah. Remember 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 West was like, She's got a, your mind your mind your mind is sound. It's the rest of you that's failing. Yeah. Yeah, she said that in the beginning. Oh, so yeah, she had right. a good head. That's yeah. why he took it. Great head. Great. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, they piece together this. I mean, it, like you said, when it's she's Frankenstein, when I mean, she's reanimated, even the wild hair and everything, and the way yeah. she kind of looks around, like she's she's playing the part. It's of, exactly what it is. Yeah, Bride of Frankenstein. But she comes back to life, and she's she's a lot more. It's funny. She's a lot more cognitive than anyone else they've ever brought back. Right. So maybe that's a maybe that's because his reagent was that much better. Yeah, he's like he's constantly kind of reformulating and and learning from learning from his many many mistakes. Yeah, yeah. Um, my my favorite part. But of she the, but she hated West. That was the best part. West was the one that gave her life, and she hated him. She only wanted to pretty much be with Dan. Right. That, that was it. Right. And uh, and and when she comes back to life, now Dan is kind of torn between he's got Francesca, which. I don't know why you're torn between these two. Because you have you have beautiful Francesca, beautiful Italian babe. You have falling apart Frankenstein, or this weird put together freak. Um, my favorite part of the whole movie. Uh, there's, I mean, in all three of these movies, there's some really great gore and stuff like that. 
But uh, my favorite part of this entire movie is toward the end. Uh, he he finally realizes that their creation that they've made here is basically just a monster. And he tells her so. And she's, she just starts to freak out. And she's like, what do you want from me? What do you want from me? And she reaches into her own chest and rips out Meg's heart and holds it out. And says, is this what you want? <laughs> and then she promptly just starts falling to pieces. Yep. And then, yep. oh man, it looks so cool when she's falling apart. And like her head falls backwards. And like, <laughs> Jay's been absent the whole <laughs> the whole episode. And then he comes in with a, what is that? Like, Hinder or something. Hinder. Yeah. <laughs> and at, at this point in time, uh, West is like fighting off hordes of dead they're using tools yeah like dead <laughs> freaks they're, and, they're they're barricaded in the basement lab at this point and the rest of the undead people are like trying to break in and they're getting smarter they're using tools and everything yeah. else <laughs> and he looks so and he has the wherewithal at, the, at that point to look over and and see her falling apart and he just says like just really deadpan he just says make a note of it dan tissue rejection <laughs> she's literally just falling to pieces her head falls backwards her torso splits in two yeah. like she, it's a really cool sequence though it's i like it a lot awesome. did you have any favorite parts in it uh I, my i think that my favorite part in uh in this one was the uh the just the claymation not only those claymation but stop motion mm-hmm was it even stop motion? I oh, don't like even. The, you mean like yeah, the little hand? I don't hand? even know because you have those, and then at the very end, you have all these random, like weird creations that come out of the crypt yeah. that he just kind of stored away. So you can tell that he's been experimenting for a while. Right. And I don't know if, especially the finger ones, but other ones too. I don't know if they were. The finger. The finger one looked like stop motion. It was either me. stop motion or it was an actual like animatronic. Anim- animatronic. Yeah. Either way. It was awesome. Yeah, that, 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 was, really that cool. was kind of my favorite part because those creations were so fucking cool. You there know? was one that was just a f- like a leg attached to an arm. And yeah, at one, yeah. At one point, it kicks him in the face and then starts to strangle I, him. I have to imagine this is where Cat Dog came from. I think <laughs> Herbert West put Cat Dog together. Cat Dog. Cat um, dog. One thing we didn't talk about, though, is uh, Hill. When Hill comes back, oh, finally... Geez. Uh, Hill gets Dr. Grave, Graves Graves yeah. Graves to surgically attach bat wings to the sides of his head. Yeah, the bat that he <laughs> so, had previously injected with the serum, he has Graves <laughs> attach the bat wings to the side of his head. So now, so now he doesn't need Graves anymore, so he kills Graves, and now he's basically just flying around as the logo to Avenge Sevenfold. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about it that way. I wonder if that's where they got that. That's I, probably where maybe, they got I, that. Who dude. knows? But it's a, it's just great. So ridiculous. And you you hear him fluttering around sometimes in the background, but you don't actually see him until the very end. And, and it's and it's it's just him, as ridiculous as you expect. You it to hear be. him fluttering fluttering around, and he's in the shadows, and he'll just keep saying stuff to Wes, like West, you stupid biped. And how does he breathe? He always has such a breathy voice, but he has no lungs. Because. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't. It's not supposed to make sense. Oh, uh, it's so. It's, this is these. This is this one of those movies. Like this and the first one. They're so ridiculous. You have to love them. Yeah. There's nothing to dislike about oh, these movies. Yeah. Minus head rape. But oh gosh. <laughs> there's so, nothing else to dislike about these movies. So once again, uh, we end this movie with not really knowing whether or not Herbert West yep, is alive. He gets. He gets uh, he's in the more or the he he goes out to that um, crypt. That is next to him, right? And the whole thing and the caves whole thing in. collapses, which is that's kind of where 
this is kind of where the actual story of Herbert West Reanimator ends. Like at the end of the the actual story, um, the narrator sees him being pulled into the 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 wall by all these freaks, and mm-hmm. he never sees him again. Okay. And one thing, like the story's much darker than yeah, obviously because sure, it's sure. H.P. Lovecraft. The story is very very dark and pretty scary and. I would almost like I love these movies. I love how campy and kind of comedic they are. I would really love to see a reanimator that's true to well, like the, they're making it. Are they really? Yeah, we talked about this. When? A couple weeks ago. There uh there there's a company that is remaking Reanimator. Oh, dude. Um I I, I Stuart Gordon has nothing to do with it. Jeffrey Combs has nothing to do with it. See, it's it's, it's, it's kind of a, remaking. It's it. kind of a it's kind of a catch twenty two though because well, it's like we were listening to uh, before you got here. I was, I was listening to an interview. I don't know if, if you had, Jay had, if you heard it or not, oh, but yeah. uh, there was an interview uh, with uh, Jeffrey Combs and the, the actor that played um, uh, Dan. It was at one of the, it was at some convention somewhere. Oh, Bruce Abbott. Yeah, yeah, it was at some convention somewhere, and somebody brought up because uh, there was supposed to be a fourth Reanimator movie called House of Reanimator, uh, and it was basically it was about the the the, the Bush administration and how. Uh, Stuart Gordon wanted hated Bush, and he wa- the characters had to be Bush, had to be Cheney, had to be Condoleezza Rice, had to be yeah, all these people. Sure, and it was about basically ripping down that and bring them back to life, and how they're so stupid, and that's why they're so dumb, and that's why they're doing this and that. And none of them were into it. Jeffrey Combs was like, "I don't reanimator shouldn't be a political piece. Was, and why are we alienating s- half of our?" I was going to say the same like, thing. Like once you start to these movies are so ridiculous exactly. that once you start to try and make anything real out of it as far as social commentary yeah you yeah just it, ruin it, it. yeah yeah but um i don't know why why was, why was i talking about the fourth movie uh because I, ju- I ju- because we're talking about the remake because oh, i, I yeah. said so i would actually though, like to see a darker well he says in this interview he goes uh if there he goes the idea of house of reanimator could work still it just needs to not be such caricatures of those people just make it about the president, like any president doing anything, you know? He's, the idea could work. This is in 2010. Well, I don't even want to see that. I just want like, to see the story of Herbert West reanimator told I'm getting there. the way that H.P. Lovecraft told I'm it. I'm getting there. Oh, okay. He actually says, though, he goes, they need to make it soon because we're not getting any younger. And he goes, we're getting to that point where if they're not going to make a fourth one soon, there's someone's going to remake it. Yeah. He goes, it's going to happen. We're getting to that point where you're going to stop talking about sequels and you're going to start talking about remakes. Right. And he was absolutely right because this year we've talked about how there is a company that's pursuing it. It's, so, ex- it's exciting and worrisome a little bit at the same time yeah. because although I would, I have a very specific like image in my head of the way I would like to see it and yeah. somebody could really fuck it up. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so. All right, so before we quit though, we have one more movie to talk about. And uh, that is beyond Reanimator. This movie is ridiculous. I liked it. Oh yeah, I, I really, I, I did a... not go into it expecting to like it. I thought that this was going to be, it's like that third movie that they made, how twelve years later. Twelve? No, it was two, 1989 to two thousand three. So that's, do my math for me. Oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Uh, Fourteen years. Okay, so like that's oh, a lot. Oh, so I guess it wasn't too far off yeah. with 12. But. So so here's the movie, though. Like, like the, the third movie came 14 years after the second movie. You, they don't always turn out well. You know what I'm saying? Usually it's like a cash grab or it's super low budget, or which I'm sure it was. But um, Brian... Uh, I think $3 million was the budget for 
beyond. Okay. Well, they they filmed it entirely in Spain, right? Uh, to keep costs down, <laughs> which was pretty obvious by all the every actor was Spanish. <laughs> I, I like I like how he was. Uh, so he's he's in prison in this one. Uh, I like how he's in prison, supposedly in America, but everyone has an accent. Yes, literally there, everyone. And there's really really bad dubbing in this yes. movie. Really bad. Um. So anyway, go ahead. Um, so yeah. Uh, no, you're not supposed to take this movie seriously. Oh, God. From the from the get go, you can you can <laughs> figure that out. I don't well, think you're really supposed to take it any. It picks of them. up. It starts off at the uh, the end of the second movie. Herbert West uh, gets pulled from the rubble. Uh, or is he? Or no, is he no, still no. practicing? Or I'm no, confused. no. <clears throat> the beginning of this one, you basically just see uh, a couple of kids camping. Yeah. In the backyard, and one of Herbert West's creations or whatever shows up and. Uh, it's two boys and their sisters in the house, and it breaks into the house and kills the kid's sister. Yes, you're right. And then you see outside, uh, the kid goes outside, and the police are there, and the uh, police are arresting Herbert West. Yes. So so, then, so one so, of his creations got loose, killed the guy's sister. Yeah. And as he's getting put into the cop car, uh, his serum falls out of his pocket. Right, and, and the, the kid, and, and finds, the kid it. finds it and picks it up. That puts the kid on a lifelong... Of uh, a journey, journey, if you will, <laughs> to become a doctor and work with Herbert West. Uh, the kid, once he once he uh, gets older, he's played by Jason Barry. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name is Doctor Howard Phillips. Howard Phillips. Howard Ooh. Phillips Lovecraft. Ooh. Duh! Look at that! Look at that! <laughs> yeah, um, it's also starring Elsa Pataki. Elsa. Oh as, yeah. As Laura Olney, who you might know as Mrs. Chris Hemsworth. Oh really? Did you know she's married to Chris? No, Hedberg? I did not know that. Yeah, look at that. Absolutely, that's a good-looking couple. Married to Thor. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Um. So, <clears throat> yeah. So he, uh, Herbert West, ends up in prison, serving out however long of a sentence they, you know, they put yeah, him. Yeah, he still has. He can still do his experiments. He still finds a way to experiment on things. Yeah, he's you know <laughs> like prisons. Prisons have rats running around, and he, he's. <laughs> I like how like his experiments are kind of like. Uh, some guys make grog when they're in prison or toilet wine or whatever. He, he's he's doing like he's doing his his experiments, but like prison based experiments. Yeah. Like he's like he's unhooking the like like the electrical uh, components of the the light in his room mm-hmm. and using that to uh, provide electricity for his experiments and stuff like that. And he's perfected his experiments, which is yeah pretty ridiculous it's pretty ridiculous he finds a way to basically harness this like electrical neoplasm neoplasm right and what that does is so you have his original serum that reanimates them right what this neoplasm does is it's that missing link that makes them functional again it tells it tells the cells how to properly develop yes and like regain that so step one serum bring them back to life step two the neoplasm basically tells them how to live again right is, is basically what it is, in a nutshell. But much like all of his other experiments, uh, he really doesn't have it perfected. <laughs> no. And he starts putting rat neoplasm into people and, and neoplasm from one person into another without yeah, oh, really yeah. knowing what it's going to do. That's the, th- like, I, <laughs> that's the thing I really like about his character is he just... He just kind of goes for it and he's like, well, whatever happens, happens, and then I'll, I'll deal with it later mm-hmm. and perfect it later. 
Uh, I don't think that we we don't have to give a ton away about the the plot of this one. No, I, no. I, I, let's just because there's there's so much ridiculousness going on in the movie. I'd rather focus on that. So uh, some of the <laughs> some of the cool things basically uh, basically a huge riot breaks out yes. in this in, in this prison. All due to a rat. Everybody's running <laughs> around like there's regular prisoners running around. There's some undead prisoners running around. Mm-hmm. Basically, people are being killed, and the the warden at this point has uh, gotten a hold of you know some of the the juice, the juice, and uh, and and the warden himself has even been juiced a little bit. He's been, and he was given the uh, the neuroplasm of a rat, of a rat. So, so he's, he's he's starting he's to take on the yeah, he's starting to take on the qualities. Did you of notice a rat. his teeth got a little bit bigger, like like not not comically bigger, but like just a little just bit enough bigger. to know that he's kind of a rat now. And he's very ratty looking to begin with, yeah. but it makes way more sense once he had. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> the, this movie, uh, I mean, like all three of the movies are, are gory and have like really cool practical effects and mm-hmm. stuff like that this movie really kind of went overboard with it which is well i wouldn't the funny thing i was going to mention this earlier is i think the first movie has the most like blood gore effects and everything else the well, second movie takes it back a notch and the third movie takes it back even further however when i say overboard there's certain scenes that are like like way over the well you know well, what now that i'm there's thinking not about as the much two. in it but the scenes that are there they really go overboard with that. Right. and that's what you're kind of getting at well there's, like, there's there's one character that keeps trying to get drugs from <laughs> from the doctor yeah. he's like chomping on pills at one point in time like he's got a whole like vial or vat full of pills he's he just keep, eating them like candy he keeps asking for vicodin he keeps asking for little red pills mm-hmm. vicodin vicodin aren't red by the way, I don't, I wouldn't know. Not, not that I'm I not would a... know. Well, no, I mean, Vicodin <laughs> if, if, if or white. If you've ever had your wisdom teeth out, you should know that. I didn't take any. But you didn't. Well, I, I think didn't, I, I didn't. I think I took one. Yeah, I, I couldn't. Vicodin mm-hmm. fucks my stomach up. Yeah, so. well, it makes my head all swimmy, and I don't like that. I. Uh... <laughs> anyway, back to the, back anyway, to the movie. So <laughs> this dude, at one point, he he finds a vial full of the serum, the serum, and he injects it like like into his vein. And uh, and gets like super high on it, so he wants to take some more, but he can't. Like his body's going crazy, and he can't <laughs> physically bring the needle to his vein. And then he finally jams it into his vein. And Herbert West is like, "Oh, you probably shouldn't do that." Because <laughs> he's, he's Herbert West is on the outside of the uh, cell, and the other guy locked himself in. You're right. So West can't get to him. And, and the guy, <laughs> the guy takes it, and then his body just starts to like spasming and exploding, and, <laughs> and it, his eyes pop out, and his and his stomach explodes, and then he's literally just like a walking, talking slab of meat. And he he's looks like, like oh. the main zombie from Return of the Living Dead, sort of, <laughs> he but like, does. but like the exploded version where all of his shits just kind of hanging out, and, like. he, and he and he walks back up. He like walks back up to the to the uh, to the bars, and Herbert West is like. Or he says, you got any more of that stuff, man? <laughs> Herbert I Russell's like, enough. I think you've had plenty. And then he starts to walk away and he goes, how about those little red pills? Vicodin, those little red pills. I love that part. I thought it was yeah, hilarious. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. I think my uh, my favorite part of the entire movie comes at the very end when there is an epic showdown between a rat and a penis. Oh, my God. <laughs> if you If you didn't... If you weren't sure whether or not you were supposed to take this movie seriously, <laughs> which by this point you definitely should not be taking it seriously, there's a cockfight at the end, a literal <laughs> cockfight. Like the uh, the reporter who we didn't really get into her whole backstory, but she's no. she's kind of doing a story on the on the prison, 
and she gets tangled up in a whole mess and kind of gets herself into some trouble. Uh But she ends up, the warden is basically making her service him at the end. Yes. And she kind of goes along with it for a second, but only for a second because then she bites his cock off and spits it to the side and and a rat from earlier in the movie comes up and grabs the dick and just kind of runs away with it. And did you watch past the credits? Oh yes. Or oh, not, not yes. past the credits, but it's it's like the end credit scene. I was watching this movie as my roommate was coming home and she walked in literally at, the, <laughs> at this part and she's like, what the fuck are you watching? There's, there is a scene at the end because the, because, uh, the, the warden has been injected with the serum so every part of his body now has, you know, the, the consciousness, and even when it's detached from the, him... The, the, the cocksness? The cocksness? That's what I to say. And so the, the, the scene that plays out as the credits are rolling, it plays out as a shadow fight. <laughs> you, you first see the rat, like, rolling this dick through the corridors of the, of the, of the prison... And then it starts to move, and the rat starts to freak out, and then it cuts to, like, you just see their shadows on the wall, and it's just this epic battle between a, a freestanding dick <laughs> and a giant rat. And it's and the pretty rat, awesome. And the dick kicks the rat's ass. Yeah, the, he, the dick <laughs> Ends wins. up chasing him around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> just so freaking ridiculous. Yeah, it, that's... That, the, yeah, this whole movie was just wacky. That's kind of the I think best way to put it. One of the strangest things about the entire movie, though, was seeing uh, Jeffrey Combs as older her West. Yeah, that was a little bit jarring because the first two movies, he's very close in age. He he gradually uh, throughout the series, he gra- because when you first meet him in the in the very first movie, he's very. Like he's like one of those hyper genius. Like he yeah. almost ha- he almost has no personality whatsoever. And it's like, the I think prison I, I, sort of mellowed him out a little bit. Right. Well, by the second movie, he's kind of he's a little more human, I guess. That's Maybe. A, 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 a There's more human to attributes to him. Put it and that then, way. Yeah, and then by the third movie, he's still pretty Herbert Westish. But there's definitely more emotion. The to edge. Him. The edge has been taken off right. a little bit. I think. Yeah. Exactly. So. um... Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, after, I, after talking about a rat fighting a dick, I don't think there's much more that you need to say about this movie. Like that's either gonna want to make people go watch it or not watch it, yeah, which I, I suggest you watch. Yeah, it. I, shockingly, the third movie uh, held up a lot better than I thought that it was going to. Like I said at the beginning, I thought the third movie was gonna be pretty throwaway. It's just, but a, it, it was actually decently good. If you if you I mean, like the characters, I mean, not a, you like the story. I mean, but. it's not a good movie, but it's like, but it is a good movie. It's just, it's schlocky. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's exactly what it was supposed to be. As long as you're going into it just ready to have some fun and yep. and turn your brain off for a little bit, then yep. it's, it's the movie for you. I always tend to like those those weird third and fourth movies, though, that are a little bit departed from right. the original one or two or three movies. Yeah, for sure. I, I tend to like them because it's like, it's it's a new it's a story that always feels new i can see excuse me all three of these movies a thousand times mm-hmm. and that third movie will always feel different right. for whatever reason yeah. you know it's like army of darkness versus evil dead one and two it, yeah it just it feel it, granted that movie is very different in tone and everything but like i don't know well, I, so I, so is this one really yeah well okay uh, case in point uh, is the new rambo movie uh well the, or the last rambo movie yeah. if you will you have rambo one two and three that you know, first blood, whatever, and they're all very much the same character. And then there was this long period of time between, you know, Rambo three and then Rambo, mm-hmm. 
And I, I think Rambo 4, Rambo, is probably my favorite out of the entire group because it's just like a different story. Like, and you're so used to and seeing... it's super brutal. Yeah, it's like you, when, you, when awesome. you think of Rambo, you think of young Rambo. Yeah. And here's this completely different story of him aged and like, yeah. I don't know, I, I like those kind yeah, of stories. Yeah, which is the same for this. You're, it's all, you're getting a different... Just a different take on Herbert West. Exactly, almost, so. exactly, exactly. But um, um, and I dig it. So yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think that's it. If you had the, to rank them, how would you rank them? Um, I I would probably I want I want to say one two three just because, but maybe two one three. Oh really? Uh, yeah. I I'd go one two three hands down. I yeah. I, I think they steadily they steadily decreased, but. It's, they don't lose their luster. It's weird, like when you watch when you watch three movies in a series right in a row, like because I watched two of them in one day. It's it's it like they start to melt together, yeah. sort of. Yep. Yeah, I'll stick with one, two, three. Fair enough. Yeah. I think most of the world would probably agree with that. Probably. <laughs> I should I should play it safe and do one, two, three. All so, right. So uh, well, yeah, that's the Reanimator series. Definitely go watch it and then. Uh, and then drink a beer. I don't know. Do it. Or so, drink, drink a beer while watching it. Or drink a beer while you watch it. Um, if you want to find us on social media, you can find us on SoundCloud, Facebook, Instagram, and Horror Amino at the Buzzed Kill Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at the Buzzed Kill PC. If you want to find J Raj, search on social media at Ocean Recording. Follow there. Also check out www.oceanrecordingstudio.com. If you got any hot jams that you want even hotter, come to Ocean Recording Studio because we'll it crank will, that furnace up. It will happen, baby. So uh, yeah, I think that's it, guys. Jay was expressing interest in wanting to uh, mix and master porn music. So if you're shooting a porn, this is your guy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cheers, boys. I had a good time. Yeah, cheers. Same. There. There is my creation.